Welcome to another episode of Discover St. Cloud, Florida. I'm Janine Corcoran, your host with Corcoran Connect, a real estate company. So today we have a guest, Robert Bass. Thank you for coming, Robert. Well, I'm glad to be here. And Robert is an appraiser. So we had many questions from um, just ordinary people. And then we had questions from, of course, uh, our realtors. So the questions get harder as the podcast goes on. But for everyday folks, um, you'll enjoy some of this uh, Some of this great education coming from Robert. You ready? Well, I don't know how great the education is going to be, but I'll give it a try. <laughs> well, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been doing this. Um, well, my name is Robert Bass, and thank you for inviting me today. Um, born and raised here in St. Cloud, so I've seen quite a bit of changes through my career. Um, got into the appraisal, actually received my real estate license back in 88, dating wow, myself. I oh, yeah. And decided that real estate, um, that was back when we were glorified taxis and just driving people around. This, this uh-huh. predates the internet, practically. So uh, I decided that uh, I'd like to get into the, the real estate appraisal component side of the of the industry. And it's been about 28, 28 29 years now. Wow. Uh, yeah. You're enjoyed. showing your age. I know. I know. <laughs> I enjoyed every minute, though. though. Yeah, yeah. So you're ready to um, – so you, what company you work for? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, and I own Main Street Appraisal Service. Um <clears throat> located right here in St. Cloud. And um, hopefully, and I've got another gentleman that works for me and, uh, and and a commercial appraiser that I reach out to. So we cover both residential and commercial. All right. So let's get started with some of the questions. Sure. So the first question is from Eric D. And Eric wrote in uh, two questions and they kind of go together. It's what typical things do you look for that could impact a sale dramatically? And what little items can sway your evaluation one way or another? And he's talking about painting, lighting. So really, I think he the question is kind of asked, like, do any of these things add value to the appraisal? They do. Um, trying to address the first part of his question, you know, the the three words in real estate that we always, our first three words that we learned was location, location, location. Um, so when we do the initial um, inspection of the home. We look for things that could in- influence the the home, such as does it back up to a busy road? Does it back up to a, a school or some kind of nuance that, that maybe another comparable home does not have? Mm-hmm. And then we may have to make adjustments for those um, those differences. Um, as far as the interior of the home and basically overall maintenance, <clears throat> condition and quality, um, first impressions are mean, mean a lot to me. When I pull up to a home, I can tell pretty much if mm. someone has been taking care of the home. I look at the landscape. Now, I don't give any value to the landscape, <clears throat> excuse me, but it does give an overall impression of how the homeowner has maintained the home. Um, does, that, I, does that fall into that? What is it? The C, the C one, two, three. You know the categories, like on an appraisal, like the condition of a home. Uh, yes, yes. Um, on the on the appraisal, we have five categories running C one through through C five. C one is new construction. Okay. Um, C two might be a home that maybe it's kind of maybe it was just purchased last year and now they're they're flipping it. You know, maybe it's only a year old. Okay. Um, most homes are going to fall in that C three and C C four category. Okay. Um, C five is needs a lot of a lot of maintenance and a lot of repairs, a lot of damage. What about an older home, but that was completely renovated? Good question, and that's happening a lot here lately. Mm-hmm. People are buying some of the old homes in the grid in downtown St. Cloud and mm-hmm. and transforming them to these really really nice little bungalows. Um, so, yes, you, you look at the condition of that particular home. Um, cause you can have a 1920 home that can be a C3 condition and a 2000, you know, T2 
10 home that can be a C3 condition. It's all relative to the combs that you're comparing it to. Oh, makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Okay. So this um, uh, next two questions, and I'll say them together because they might <clears throat> go together, is from Tom H. And he said, when an appraiser does an actual appraisal, is it based on both inside and outside, or is it a drive-by or by, it's kind of, a few questions in here, or by other recent sold comps in the neighborhood. And do you factor any upgrades into an appraisal, which we already answered? We kind so, of addressed that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, as, as far as the, the type of an appraisal, we have different, we have different types of appraisal. We can do a, a full, um, a full inspection, interior, exterior. We do the drive by. Um, the lender may re uh, require a drive by appraisal if a person, let's say they're only going to do $50,000 cash out. Refinance and and they know the home was worth three hundred thousand dollars. The equity there. Yes, yeah. if there's enough equity there, there's no sense for the the lender to order a full appraisal where we have to go in and inspect the interior. A drive by will be sufficient. They just want to make sure that the home is is there for one, and you know the overall condition from from the street. But on uh, mo most traditional lenders, let's say um, you know putting down twenty percent, a conventional eighty, that's going usually is going to be a full appraisal. Absolutely, and. Um, and believe it or not, we catch we we catch a lot of mistakes that that maybe the realtors wouldn't catch. Um, and Do I'll, tell. I yeah, I know. And <laughs> and I bring this. We're all professionals in the eyes of the state. Meaning, I carry a professional license, and you carry a professional license. And um, just not knowing something is not sufficient in the eyes of the law. Sometimes, sometimes you can get, be caught short on on making mistakes and. Um, we all rely on the property appraiser, for example. This is a, a good example. We rely on the property appraiser to give us the square footage of a home. Mm -hmm. We all do it. We, we pull the tax mm -hmm. records, and the home is 1,800 square foot. The realtor then takes that and runs with it, and then you market it at 1,800 square feet. Right. Then the, as the appraiser comes in, so we have to measure the, the perimeter of the right. home to calculate the actual square footage. And very, very, very frequently, the number does not... Align, it does not line up with the property appraiser. Um, quick example, I appraised a home in Orlando once. Um, they used the property appraiser's square footage, mm -hmm. had a cash buyer, which didn't require an appraisal. Sure. So the cash buyer purchased the home, and then a year later, they decided to sell. But that buyer had to was, was financing it. In comes the appraiser. The home was 700 square foot off. In in a positive or negative way? In a negative way. Oh, so they had it listed at higher square footage. It was a two-story home, and instead of um, the, the, the county had both the first floor and the second floor as the exact same square footage, but it wasn't. It was only split in half, and it was open to both, you know, all the way from the from the bottom floor all the way up to the second floor. It was all open, um, and it made a huge impact sure. on value. So I'm thinking about that seller. Who is it? Who's going to be at fault? Is it? The county? Is it the realtor? Is it so I always recommend the realtors when you go to do a listing, pull the pull the sheet, pull the the sketch from the county. Yeah. And you Because it has the measurements. Has the measurements. And and you don't have to be completely accurate, but just walk around the home because you can tell if there's any discrepancies or not. Sure. Sometimes people will add a they'll have an eighteen hundred square foot home and they'll add a four hundred square foot porch and put a window unit or put some type of a AC out there and then Include that as part of the, and that the, shouldn't be, included. and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be included in, in a gross living area. What if they had um, put the air? That would be a different, yes. Oh, so window it, is different. Than, yeah, I okay. mean, if you because if you look, 
as a realtor, you would probably agree with this. If you have a 2,000 square foot home with a 400 square foot porch, Mm -hmm. that's not the same as a 2,400 square foot home that was architecturally designed to be a 2,400 square foot home. Because the the flow, the floor plan, excuse me, the flow Mm -hmm. and the floor plan, the room sizes are going to be a little bit larger in that home that was designed at 2,400 square feet rather than components that were put together to equal that. No, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And like I had a um a home that had the split AC in the garage for the car as a big garage, but I of course didn't include it. Right. You know. So I do. I rely on the the sketch a lot and I get a lot of my garage measurements from that. Um, right. too cuz it usually would say but get yourself a laser just yep. a, a little laser measure and just go um, and just, measure. just just hit a couple of the of the measurements on the outside just to, just for accuracy. Oh, the outside. Uh-huh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because you're measuring the, the footprint. The yeah, yeah. You're measuring, yeah, you're right, measuring the footprint. Yeah, right. all that in real estate school, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's great to know. Okay, so the next question is from um, Kim K. And it's, well, again, I think we've already answered this, Kim. It says, do you walk um, the, do you walk inside the home to take upgrades into account? You kind of cover well, that. I'll, I'll address it. I'll, I'll expand them a little bit more. I really lean heavily on the realtor's input obviously because you are have a relationship with the homeowner mm-hmm. and you i say you most realtors mm-hmm. put enough um information enough information in the mls listing but i like to spend time with the, with the homeowner mm-hmm. and just ask the homeowner after i've measured the home and i've gone through and taken my notes asking them give me all of the improvements that you have done in the last say 5 years because sometimes they've you know may have a new roof or new water heater new air conditioning i mean it's it, there's a lot of components and i just want them to feel that i'm listening to them and they can give me the the history of of their home and and it and it helps because when i'm using uh, when i'm comparing when i'm looking for comparable sales you want to try to find homes that have been have have similar improvements as the subject. Right. And and if you're, that's a great question because roofs are a big thing these days. If you mm-hmm. have a house, you know, all the houses that were built 2005, 2006, they all need new roofs according to the insurance companies. Right. So right. if you're comparing, if you have three comparable sales to the subject property, subject property has the new roof, all the three other subjects, same age within a year, do not have it. Does that uh, uh, value adjustment just come in the? Um, we talked about the C one, two, three, four. Yeah, they, they, that falls, and then that falls back into your condition and quality. Condition, quality, the condition. Yeah. Um, so, if a home has a, has a new roof, when you're looking at your comparable sales, I do my best to try to contact the the listing and the selling agents of those comparable homes, and I ask them, say, you know. Is is it the original roof? Has it been replaced recently? A lot of times, the realtors do a good job of putting that in the, again back in the comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but if 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 a particular comparable, you know, is if the roof is at the end of its useful life of mm-hmm. a comparable, then you can make a condition adjustment. So that so that triggered a question not coming from me. And I don't, it definitely wasn't you that told me. I think it was, you know, I like to meet the appraisers and just talk to them and mm-hmm. say, what are you giving for this and that? And, you know, just keep up to date on what's going on. But one appraiser had told me that if I didn't, now older home, so whatever, 2005, if you don't list in the public description that you have a new range, a new refrigerator, and, 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 the, and the date, uh, you know, 2020, new refrigerator, new this, and I list list in the description, he says, I can't use it. That's what one appraiser told me. What do you mean he can't use it? Can't Meaning use he's not going to consider that those appliances are all new when he does the appraisal. Well, Is that a loaded it's question? A, well, no. That's just his, his opinion. Well, you know, this is a perfectly imperfect system. <laughs> 
That's, <laughs> that's the best way to, to, you know, we, we do the very best that we can. Um, we have the tools and we have the software and we have the knowledge to, to arrive at a conclusion, but the market still throws us a curveball. Because especially in what we've been going through here lately, you know, we've appraised, I've appraised a home and said the home was worth 200000 And because of supply and demand, buyers are coming in and paying two fifty. Right. You, you, yep. You've seen what happens. Completely throwing us, mm-hmm. throwing a curve on things. So um, when you get back into the weeds about, you know, whether or not the comparable has a new refrigerator or if it's only two years old— and that's where the we homeowner helps too. It, where that's where the homeowner yeah, helps. Yes, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm very descriptive in my descriptions. Be, Be because very descriptive. of that was that's what they told me. So I was like, which is good anyway, because for a buyer who's coming in to buy in an older house, it says, oh, recently replaced roof in 2021. You know, appliances replaced Listen, and this. You know, there's nothing more frustrating to get a listing that has just one sentence in it. Yes, and and. You've seen those those very those skeleton type mm-hmm. of listings, and then you call the realtor, and they can't get the yeah no. answer answer your phone realtors. A lot of yes. a lot of them a lot of them do not answer their Listen, telephones. We're, we're notoriously known for that. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why they we have a bad rap, but um, right. I leave a message to call my office and talk to my assistant if they can't get me. But uh, right. anyway, it is what it is. Uh, this is quite funny because this one came from my sister Denise. <laughs> So, uh, Denise C., um, how does the appraisal affect the selling price of my house? How does the selling price of her house affect the appraisal? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it was a switch around. <laughs> well, how does the selling – read that back to me one more time. How does an appraisal affect the selling price of my house? I would think um, – I think when I spoke to her, it's basically like if she has a contract, let's just say 250 and your appraisal comes in at – can your appraisal affect how much she's asking? So let's say if you came in lower. Okay. Um, and, and, this ha- and this has been happening very frequently here recently. Yep. I do a lot of work with VA, and VA has what's called Tidewater. And I, I, really, I really think this is, I think everyone, all lenders should do this. But if I'm working on the appraisal, let's say the contract is 300 and during my research and during after the inspection, I'm, the, the value is coming in south of that, below that. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than submitting the appraisal and then having to challenge the appraisal after the fact, mm-hmm. we stop what we're doing, yep. invoke Tidewater, um, contact the lender, and then the lender then reaches yep. out to the realtors, and the realtors then come back and give me additional information, if they have any, mm-hmm. to help support the value. Um, it allows us all to communicate a little bit a little bit better before submit the appraisal submission. Um, but there's, it happens. I mean, it happens frequently. I've had that, yeah, I've had that it happens bit. frequently where the, the appraised value is coming in less than the contract price. And the bank is going to loan on the contract price or the appraisal, whichever is less. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay. And the last, last question from the general public who's not, do not have the real estate license is, is from Deborah. How does seller concessions affect the appraisal? And the second question, what happens if the appraisal amount comes in below the contract? We already covered that. So how how does the, when sell, so a concession is basically um, a buyer comes in, the seller says the buyer asks for $5,000 in closing costs and the seller gives it to them. That's a concession. Does right. that affect the appraisal? You know, back, going back just probably two years ago, the seller concessions were much more heavy than they have been recently because you've not had to give any concessions in the last year because no. 
almost two years. Yeah, <laughs> almost two years. Yeah. But but prior to that, they were getting kind of heavy with with the seller concessions, and we do have to make adjustments for that because what happens often if a home is listed for two hundred thousand dollars, and um, you you have a a buyer, they will in the but the buyer wants wants concessions. Rather than keeping the price at two hundred, they'll bump it to two ten and pay ten and pay ten thousand in yeah. concession. So that two hundred and ten thousand is not really the true value mm-hmm. of the home. The aren't the yeah. the meeting of the minds, okay. so to speak, it's really two hundred. So if there was ten thousand dollars in concessions, then we make an adjustment downward for those concessions. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Okay, you ready for these hard realtor questions? <laughs> and for the general public, I am sorry, but we did include realtors, and and you're going to get into education today. So, um, ready? Yeah, I guess. Let's do it. Okay, well, um, this is from Jen- um, Jennifer uh, Garrison. Why would an appraiser use a cost approach in a new subdivision rather than a sales comparison? Well, you know, in in new construction, you know, cost and value are not necessarily synonymous. You know, what's something can cost and what it's valued at sometimes is, is, is separate. I'm seeing, I, I'm seeing a, a, a lot of uptick in val in not, not value in cost of new construction. And what happens is we, we always, we've had the supply and demand issues and we've had the um, supply chain mm-hmm. backlog and which is driven up raw materials. And, and I understand that that in and of itself is going to drive up prices, but then you have, the husband and wife who walk into the model center and then the wife's eyes gets big and they say, mm-hmm. I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. And then all of a sudden the cost of the home goes up exponentially with all of the She just added eight thousand dollars to that house. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. But that doesn't necessarily constitute value. Mm-hmm. So what something costs and what something is valued at, because when they go to set because you the whole exi- the whole purpose of an appraiser's existence is to report to the lender what the market is doing, because if that particular buyer has to default or can't make the make the payment, and the bank has to take it back. The bank wants to make sure that they can sell it in the market and, sure. and recoup their. They don't their, want to lose money. They don't, don't want to lose the market money. to lose money. And so you just have to be very careful when you go into these new developments and not to load up a home with with too many upgrades. Mm-hmm. And it can be done. I appraised a home. Good example. Yes, just yesterday I appraised a home. Um, there were home inspector was there. It's brand new construction. And beautiful uh, master shower, but the master shower had no – to turn on the water, you had to use an app. You had, yeah, yeah. Either you could use an app or it had a little a little sensor. There was no hot and cold water valves in there. I've never it was seen just that. it was made by Kohler actually. Oh. And you, you had to push some buttons and just to get the water to come on and the mat and the unit was was in the closet and it was set up to where if you were downstairs and you wanted to take a shower, you could go to your app and turn the shower on, have the temperature set and all wow. well, yeah, wow, but but George Jetson. At, at the end of the day, that's just one more thing that's going to break. <laughs> and I want to, and it wouldn't be appealing to me. I want to go right. and turn on the shower and, right, and get right. in the shower. Right. So there, there are components that will, will bring value to the home. And there's other components you're, you're, you're buying it just because you, you want to have the, the latest and the greatest. No, oh, that makes sense. Um, we have quite a lot of questions from different realtors here, but I'm just going to take one from each because it's too many. So okay. uh, this is from Chris V. Um, how many times have you been asked to reevaluate an appraisal because the listing agent didn't agree with your value? Is that common? Is that commonplace? 
that the listing agent did not agree. So yeah, the- you send me an appraisal that comes back short, mm-hmm. undervalue, in my opinion. I understand. And then I want you, you know. Well, at the end of the, and and you said the the key word is opinion. It's an opinion of value Mm -hmm. based on the facts of the market. Yep. And um, does it happen? It's not. It's not as often as you would think, Mm -hmm. but it does happen. And sometimes it's it's very legitimate, Mm -hmm. very legitimate. You know, and uh, sometimes we miss things. And that's why I always like to lean on on the the, the realtors, mm-hmm. and um, and sometimes when they when they challenge, there's there's some appraisers out there that once they submit their their value, that's it. They're not going to change their mind. And I'm not that of that opinion because we're all human. Yeah. And um, if you can convince me that that this home this particular feature is 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 has has a greater market demand and mm-hmm. is worth more, then I would be willing to look at it. And, or, and that's where I think. Um, having that list up front and doing your, as a broker, real estate agent, doing your due diligence up front with the owner, you know, the upgrades, the list. So when the appraiser comes, he has it up front. So you don't run into that after the fact. Correct. I've had it three times in all my career since 2005 and I've never won. I've never been able to. Well, you know, there's- not why, I shouldn't say win, but you know, have it change. There's little nuances within the market that, that the appraiser can, or an appraiser can never capture. And I'll give you a, a good example of one. When my wife and I were looking to build our home, she made it perfectly clear. She says, when we, we want, she wants a lot. She wants the house to face north and south. And, and it, I didn't think about it. It didn't make sense to me mm-hmm. at first. She said, no, we're going to have a porch on the south side of the home and it's always going to be in the shade. Mm-hmm. We all sense. know what the Florida sun is oh, like. Yeah. And if you have a home facing east and west, you can't really enjoy the back porch in, in just if you don't have any trees. Now we would have paid more to have a north and south facing lot. But in, as an appraiser, am I going to be able to extract that? Right. In, Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. That's just a personal preference of mine that I would be willing to pay more just because that's knowing the Florida sun. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and the, and the, and there, you see a lot of that. So this question is from Cindy Farmer. Um, when an owner decides to sell after recently, this is a great question, Cindy. Um, when an owner decides to sell after recently installing a thirty-five thousand dollar pool, I want to know where she got a thirty-five thousand dollar pool because yeah. they're a lot more than that now. But yeah. anyway, does the newer pool? This is a question. Does the newer pool have more value than the older pool? Oh, the old swimming pool. Gosh, I know the old swimming pool uh, you know, question. You know, you can do the same thing in a thirty-five thousand dollar swimming pool as you can in an $80,000 swimming pool. You're going to get in and you're going to cool off and you're going to swim around. Now, there's a lot of cool features Mm -hmm. to to the swimming pools with waterfalls Mm -hmm. and LED lighting and that you can really doll them up. Um, But at the end of the day, the the utility is that they're they're a swimming pool. Interesting. That's the way to look at it. Yeah. And um, in with the new subdivisions that we have coming online with these zero lot lines, which I'm not really a big fan of, but that's just the way that the, mm-hmm. it's the way of the world. Um, you either have a swimming pool or a backyard, but you can't have both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm always curious on um, the, when I, when I'm talking with people who have a swimming pool, I, I always kind of interview them just for my own personal preference. You know, would you ever have another one? And, it's mixed. Some people will say, well, we used it when the kids were little, but we don't use it anymore. I wish we, I wish it wasn't there because it's always there. It's a constant maintenance. Yep. Um, but now to, to circle back around to Cindy's question, if someone puts in a, a brand new pool, it, it's still going to be a depreciated 
uh, component. You know, if you put it in at $35,000 next year, you're not going to re- get $35,000 back. I mean, if it contributed more value, then everybody would have a pool, mm-hmm. you know? That's true. So, um, but to, to have a home that has a, it has a new pool, I don't know that we would really make any adjustment for a home that maybe maybe the pool is five years old or ten years old, you know. Just being newer, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that being it costs newer. so much because of inflation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know that it would make a, a, a huge difference. I get that question a lot from sellers. They'll say, we plan on putting in a pool. And the first thing I say to them is, how long do you plan on staying? Exactly. Because you may, you're putting in the pool for yourself because you're mm-hmm. not getting the value that you put mm-hmm. into it. You know, that's a, that's a good, you know, no more. You know, one of the, uh, the, the, one of the newer um, items that's, that's driving us as appraisers a little bit baddie is the solar panels. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was surprised no one asked about that. That's solar so panels, big, gosh, yeah. that's, that's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of a new, I don't say fad. I mean, it's, it, it is the new technology and a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Um, but determining the, the, the value on that has been a little bit of a challenge. Now, many people lease their solar panels. Yeah. And if you lease them, there's no value to the, you can't give any value to the, right. to the property. Because you're passing that along. Either you have to pay it all off at closing or you have to pass it along. And the, well, I'm talking about le- a, a true lease. lease. Yeah. A lease. Yeah. You, you know, you know. Oh, that you never even own. You, you never own. Yeah. They have some new communities like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I personally, I think solar is great if I lived on five acres and my solar panel sat off to the side. I, I don't want, want it on my roof. Right, because- I don't, That's just me. I, I have a new roof and I'm like, I just seen too many crazy things. And sometimes it-, it, it um, Well, let's say you don't have a new roof. Let's say your roof is 10 years old and you put solar panels. That roof is going to- Those po- solar panels are going to outlive the roof. So yeah. now you've got to then- It's expensive. Take, the, take, take, them the, take them down, put a new roof on, and then put the panels back on. Yeah. Um, and then the cost of the panels is, is getting quite high. You know, yeah. thirty, forty thousand dollars for yeah. in some cases, and the return on investment is going to take a long time to to recoup that. To recoup that, yeah. yeah. Well, Robert, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I hope folks you all enjoyed it and are now a little bit more educated about appraisals. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning all the time. Uh, yeah, learning definitely learn. And you're definitely my go-to whenever I have a question. I'm just stumped. I'm like, well, my gosh, what will we do? Let me call Robert. And so I appreciate that. Um, you know, just having you to be able to to kind of bounce off and see your opinion on that. Um, don't forget, you can find us on all platforms that have podcasts. Um, and then if you want to reach out to us by email, email us at discoverstcloud at gmail.com. And that's um, St. Cloud is S-T-C-L-O-U-D. And if not, reach us at one 844 Cloud.